Okay, this is the latest Quarantine Cast Series podcast from Three Questions Podcast. I am Thinker, and on the other end with me, I have Ismail. Ismail, introduce yourself. Uh, tell everybody uh, what it is that you do, how much, however much you want to actually let loose, uh, okay. what your Twitter handle is so people know how to find you. Yeah, absolutely. So Twitter handle is SmileyAlf, very unoriginal and very un unhacker like uh for a living i've been in the information security realm for about 20 years i currently run a red team practice for a company out of texas um to keep myself sane i have been teaching and performing improv comedy for roughly 15 years and um that kind of helps offset the bits and bytes of my day job and that right there is why I'm talking to you today, granted, okay, we already discussed the fact that, you know, maybe you're not a stand-up guy, you know, but, but surely, surely, especially with with your understanding of what makes good comedy, we could talk about comedy in general, we could talk about good, uh, good uh, pranks that are more funny and not so much distressing as some can be. Sure, um, sure. Well, it, it, you know, but you know, first, I, I'm I'm kind of curious uh, from the improv comedy standpoint. Um, you know, a, a lot of us have seen uh, have seen uh, you know improv comedy from the standpoint of like Saturday Night Live, Second City TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is is that the polished version basically of what you do? Yeah, no, it really is. You know, you mentioned Second City and IO. You know, Chicago is kind of the haven mecca for improv comedy and if you've seen those live improv shows kind of what i do is that just in a smaller realm of i'm in the dallas fort worth area which actually has a really great improv comedy scene there's the dallas comedy house there's a four-day weekend there's stomping grounds comedy so it's a really great uh scene for improv comedy but if you've seen any of the any of that of that kind of uh show put on that's kind of what i do and and love teaching people who have never really um done that and just kind of want to branch out and see if they can do it and, and seeing them being introduced to that i, I i've heard wirefall say that he's uh, been taking improv classes or is he taking classes from you no, no, he's not. Um, he's taken some classes from a, a place in town. Uh, I gave him some recommendations, but um been cool to see him uh, post about his experience. Kind of, kind of neat to watch. Okay. Um, okay. So, so, so you know, let's, let's talk about what what makes good improv comedy, even to begin with. Um, you know, I I, I know uh, I, I know uh, from my experience, what I'm aware of is more from the stand-up realm, but. Uh, you know, I know, for instance, there's like, uh, you know, good comedy teams where you've got, uh, you know, the straight man and the funny man. Uh, yeah. Is that is that still is that still a similar uh, makeup whenever you get, uh, you know, groups of people together doing improv? Um, yeah, I would say those elements uh, are kind of there. There's there's really kind of two schools of improv comedy. There's there's what's uh, known as short form improv, which is more game based and kind of around a s- certain structure. And then there's long form improv, which is more kind of open ended, and in, in some cases doesn't even have a comedic element to it. It's almost like watching a, a completely improvised play. But 
Um, I think in both of those cases, for improv comedy in general, what is trying to come across is honesty between characters. And, you know, there's a great book on, on comedy in general called Truth in Comedy, um, and that's kind of true. When people can relate to what they're seeing played out in front of them and uh, those those elements of the of truth between characters and just openness and, and uh, those comedy scenes kind of happen organically. Um, all kind of tying this together is this idea of imp- improvisers coming up with what they call group mind, where you know you, you play with a certain group of players for so long you you kind of start figuring out everybody's you know strengths there and you know their 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 ticks and you know you can kind of play off of each other in a little in a little bit more of a seamless way right so um those are all kind of really cool things uh, there's there's actually a really cool parallel between the things that i've seen in the improv world versus the things that i've seen in the cybersecurity realm and I've uh, been thinking about kind of giving that talk at um, Dallas Hackers one of these days. I'm trying to polish that up. Hey, you can always try it out on the on Cyber Taco Con. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you, you, uh, you made the mention of uh, short, uh, short form versus long form improv. I guess would short form improv be, uh, uh, would uh, the Whose Line Is It Anyway show be an example yeah. of that? Yeah, if you've seen Whose Line Is It Anyway, that's really short form in a nutshell, right? So it's it's more game based. You know, you get a, you get a suggestion from the audience, yeah. and it's kind of all the content of that scene is just kind of structured around a, a premise. It's usually some kind of guessing type game, or you know, there's there's little gimmicks and bits based on the, the short form. The, the the scene is like maybe five to seven minutes long, and then you move on to the next game. Uh, long form is more open ended, and, and it kind of allows for more um, as an improviser. It's a lot more, in my opinion, kind of fun to play in a, in a long form scene because you can explore different ideas. You can have flashbacks, flash forwards, different characters popping in, and it really is kind of a cool thing to see. There's a great uh, duo, uh, TJ and Dave. TJ Jagodowski is a is a improviser you see in all the Sonic commercials, the guy in the passenger seat. Uh, he does a he does a two-man show in Chicago at IO, uh, IO and uh, Improv Olympic in Chicago with um, Dave Pesquesi. And these two guys, they walk out. They they uh, don't even get a suggestion from the audience. The, they introduce themselves and then they say, uh, "Trust us, this is all made up." The lights go down, the lights come up, and it's just like a 55-minute marathon of just artistic genius. <laughs> it's a it's a thing of beauty to watch. And um, the first time I, the first few times I saw it, I just kind of said, "Well, I'll, I should probably stop doing improv because I'll never attain that." <laughs> it was both. <laughs> It was both impressive and demoralizing, like all at once. Okay, so so flipping back to the long form idea, um, you know, I one one of the shows that I don't, I can't say I've ever watched, but I've always heard that uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm was uh, was basically a long form improv show. Is that hmm. right? I you know I I, I knew that they improv a lot of the scenes, but I hadn't heard that it was based on a long form. Um, uh, bit that Larry David was part of. That, that's kind of cool. I have to go check that out. Yeah, I, it, it, and, and honestly, I hadn't researched that or anything. That that literally is one article that I read at one point. Mm. Um, I don't even remember how long ago it was. <laughs> uh, so, uh, 
Okay, so so for you, for for you, uh, it's specifically the type of uh, character that you end up playing in the improv scene. What, what's the what's the most fun part of it for you? Uh, the unknown. It's it's really kind of walking out into the unknown and seeing where it goes. Uh, you're you're walking this tight rope of really really trusting the people that are around you and um, and building off of what they give you, them building off of what you give them, and just really honing in on the idea of listening to somebody, really really listening to somebody, and and not just you know listening with your ears, but um, the, the the body language, the the unspoken things that are happening on the stage, the the implications, you know, the, the underlying tones of what they're saying to you, you know, the, at the end of the day, we're there to entertain a crowd, and you want them to be interested and drawn in, and the only way that that happens is through this um, really finely tuned listening skill of the players on on the on the stage that um, is engaging the audience and and to me that is the most thrilling thing it's it's both when it goes horribly horribly wrong it's like well no oh well that's that's terrible I and mean, no one should have to sit through and watch that but when it goes right it is like a memorable thing to to see and, and to experience both as an audience member and, and and as a player it's really cool so so on average how long would would you say it takes for somebody to the point where they're batting at least 500 for it to be oh so right instead of horribly wrong um i don't think you ever get there it's just a willingness to participate and to, and to get involved each time and not let the the bad shows prevent you from tech tackling the next show um i would say in general you know you can take classes from any of the places that i mentioned at the top of this you know at the top of the, the podcast and and go through their classes and you know by the introduction levels one and two you could start putting on some you know meaningful you know shows with people um i think what keeps people involved over time is just the relationships they make with the, the community um and uh and the connections they have with the people that are coming so um, yeah. very similar to the hacker community right i mean it's a very it's a very open community of people who really want to see others succeed right and that's a very and that's what kind of drew me, you know, I uh, was in the information security realms way before improv, and, and uh, it was neat to see those parallels. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that, that's probably what what almost everybody that I talk to says is the best part about the, the InfoSec community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so flipping flipping in a slight different direction a little bit it it is april fool's day yeah today today is a day for practical jokes for pranks (laughs) um tell me that you've got a story that you can share about a practical joke or a prank that you have pulled at some point yeah yeah i'll share i'll share two and i'll share one that actually happened today that i fell for and then I'll share, and I'll start with the one that back in college that I did um, uh, for my mom, who, God bless her, she she put up with a lot of my insanity all through the years. But so in, in college, I was never a great college student, and I was never a good student, kind of in general. But um, like I was in college, it was probably my my sophomore year, and you know grades aren't great, and, and so 
I, I call my mom on April Fool's Day, and uh, and this is kind of a running theme. I, I would prank call my mom all the time. She's so she's just an easy an easy target. And this, you know, looking back on it, this is probably where the social engineering skills first originated from. You know, when I first started you know, pranking my mom, but I, I called her, you know, and I was passing myself off as the dean of administration. You know that my grades were in the tank, that I'm basically going to get expelled, and she is like going, just like losing on the phone, trying to make it make it all right, and and so that that's one example of a, of a practical joke I played on my mom of many over the years, but that kind of stood on my mind. My mom always brings it up, like, remember the time that you called me as your dean, and, and it's like every other conversation I have with my mom when we get together now, but um, so that was a that was a fun thing to remember, but to today in our um, you know, you know, with the things going on, and what's you know, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but uh, you know, we're in the middle, we're in the midst of COVID, right? We're in the midst of the COVID thing, and um, you know, internally on our on our uh, internal messaging platform, you know, our CEO has been really, really good about you know just transparent communication, all the notifications that's going on in the state, and what that means to the business, and how we're dealing with that. And so today, he sends out this message going, "Hey, you know, this message just came down." Another kind of guideline and sanction from from the governor. Apparently, they're stopping liquor sales on you know in all liquor stores. <laughs> I was like, what? And he has a link in there, and I immediately fall for it and go straight to update. It's like you know April Fools, but like <laughs> you close the liquor stores down, you get my attention. You know, I'm gonna I want to know about that. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, um, it, w- one job I was working in. Uh, it, I, I, I worked for uh, you know a bunch of uh, small rural telcos uh, for a good portion of my career, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, one of those places you know we were we were trying to get um, to trying to get hosted uh, VoIP uh, set up as a service, but alas, um, my uh, my uh, management was like, yeah, we don't want to pay the money to get the already already uh tested, already uh Q, you know, QA'd uh, uh setup that goes mm-hmm. along with uh, our main core equipment. We want to develop it ourselves. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um <clears throat> so th- that's that that's the background of this. And the other part of the background is that one of the guys that was on my staff um, he loves to try and rickroll people all the time. So we were we were getting our first uh, system set up and ready to go, and I uh, I decided okay you know I, I know the CEO is going to want to uh, going to want to hear a test of this, and so I took uh, never going to give you up. And put it as the as the ring the ringtone for the number that we were going to have him call, and then we called him from a different phone and got him and called his desk phone, got him to use his cell phone to call that number, and immediately he was like, "Really? Did you just do that?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I I don't find myself pulling too many of these things because I'm I'm such a good sport on the opposite end of them. <laughs> so I, I, I try to I, I, I try to not be, you know, one of the people that pulls them because of that. Because it's like, hey, if I can't take it, it'd be bad form if I was dishing it out. There you um, go. 
but uh, but yeah, you know, sometimes they could be fun. Sometimes you just sometimes you may want to kill the person that did it, but that's that, that, that that's the kind of stuff you do on on days that's all about being the prankster, right? That's right. That's right. It, it, it makes life so much more interesting when you can prank somebody. A really good prank. Yeah, yeah. It, it just 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 people, please make it in good taste. Don't try to scare somebody. <laughs> You know, you know, gonna gonna flip that about something, but don't cause them a panic attack, please. <laughs> for sure. Thank you very much, and everybody, thank you for listening. Um, and hope you had a good April Fool's Day, and hope your uh, quarantine has not bored you out of your mind yet. <laughs> this is Stinker, and see you on the other side.